0: Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Excited to be here. Welcome to the live recording of episode six of the 360 podcast. Today, I have a ex- very, very exciting um, episode today with my special guest, Sanjay Dougal. And we're going to be speaking about, well, not, me, well, not we, but Sanjay is going to be speaking about the financial crime industry. All right. This is a very fascinating industry that I've been hearing a lot about. And I'm, I'm really excited to have Sanjay on the show, uh, who I'll be bringing out shortly. But if you're tuning in, make sure you hit us up with a like and make sure you reshare this uh, this uh, episode with your network. And uh, don't feel shy. Feel free to say hello in the comments. We're going to have a great discussion today. Uh, very quick shout out to everyone tuning in on LinkedIn, on YouTube and on my Facebook channels as well. Uh, and uh, if you have any questions about uh, FinCrime, crime, make sure you start putting them in the comments right now. Uh, Just a quick note to those of you tuning in who are job seekers. uh, If you happen to be a job seeker or an IT professional, uh, definitely make sure you continue to follow me for more job search and recruitment-related content. Uh, And without further ado, I'm going to bring out Sanjay shortly. But again, uh, make sure you give Sanjay a very warm welcome in the comments. Uh, And, um, you know, I I actually brought on Sanjay in the past as well uh, to speak about AML in in particular. Uh, And today we're going to be focused more on uh, like I mentioned, fin, uh, fin crime. Uh, now, I uh, until I spoke with Sanjay, I didn't really, you know, know that much about fin crime, and he has mentioned that in the past as well. And uh, I've been definitely hearing about it as well, given uh, you know cybersecurity and and you know those aspects. We do hear about a lot of uh, these issues occurring in the industry. But uh, Sanjay Sanjay Douglas has a diverse background, possesses in-depth knowledge of financial services, anti-money laundering, regulatory compliance, as well as digital assets. Uh, blockchain and and nfts additionally sanjay is actively expanding his domain knowledge in strategic business unit portfolios particularly in the areas of people and culture covering hr processes and talent management sanjay has worked as a technology sales specialist trader for the bank brokerage aml analyst chief compliance officer for a crypto startup and currently leading a uh, currently a lead business analyst And not only does Sanjay excel in his professional pursuits, but he also finds fulfillment in fostering the growth of other professionals. He provides consulting services in career coaching and mentoring, supporting individuals to reach their full potential. So, uh, folks, make sure you give Sanjay a warm welcome in the comments. Uh, Sanjay, welcome to today's episode of the 360 podcast. And thanks so much for tuning in. Good to see you, Sanjay.
1: Hey, Dean, it's great to be back again. Feels like deja vu. Right. I was on, uh, I think, just before the pandemic. so. It's great yeah. to be on again.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and that episode that I had with you, it was extremely popular, uh, especially on my YouTube channel. And I still have people uh, commenting and giving feedback on, on, you know, hey, when are you going to bring Sanjay back? So I was like, okay, I got to get this guy back. Uh, but this time, of course, we're going to be speaking about uh, fin crime, which is, uh, I guess, as, as you were kind of telling me before, it's a, it's a very hot, uh, hot topic in a hot area. <clears throat> but, but Sanjay, can you, just to kick things off, can you give us some background on what exactly fin crime actually is?
1: Yeah, sure. So last time I was on, I was talking about a very specific part of fin crime, which is AML. But AML is just one component of fin crime, right? It's a very broad uh, domain. So basically, it encompasses a wide range of criminal offenses, right? So you have things like fraud, money laundering, bribery, corruption. Uh, terrorist financing, tax evasion, insider trading, identity theft, right? Um, And it emphasizes the financial aspect of criminal activity and impact basically on the integrity and stability of the financial system. So basically what these criminals are doing is they're uh, manipulating or misusing funds, financial instruments, uh, and the banking system in general for any kind of illicit purposes. And what happens is to combat fin crime, governments, regulatory bodies, uh, financial institutions, they have laws and regulations, their frameworks. And their job really is to prevent, detect, and prosecute those activities. So, for example, you have anti money laundering measures, know your customer, who you're onboarding, who you're banking with, and then fraud prevent- prevention techniques. So this collaboration between law enforcement agencies, financial institutions, and regulatory bodies, they all gather the evidence and bring those criminals to justice.
0: Got it, got it. I mean, it sounds like a lot, it sounds like something out of an action, one of those action <laughs> movies, right? Like when, when you're explaining this thing, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, Jack Reacher or, uh, you know, the Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible, you know, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting. But uh, Sanjay, how did you get into this industry and, and, and what do you like about it the most?
1: Yeah, actually you know what? I, I kind of fell into it. I guess right place, right time. So I remember I think it was back in 2015. Uh, that time I was working at TD Direct Investing, which is an online brokerage. And you know, I'd done my 18 months. It was time to, you know, move on to the next career peg. So, you know, the natural course would be go to like financial advisor, investment advisor. That's where I was thinking of going. And a couple of my colleagues were then moving into compliance and AML and that time i was i didn't know what aml was it's the first time i would heard of this concept so one of my colleagues had told me hey hsbc is hiring uh they're taking anyone on board which has some kind of financial services background um you get to snoop into people's accounts and (laughs) there's no sales targets uh you don't work weekends like you do in the branch and i was thinking you know what that sounds pretty good to me uh you know i get you know so I uh, I decided to apply, um, and that's how I got my foot in the door as a as an ML analyst at the beginning. So I took HSBC's training, and then the rest is history. From there, I just kind of honed in my skill set and uh, have been in the space ever since.
0: Got it. And what do you personally like about it? Like, what, what do you enjoy about it? Like, what what makes you kind of passionate about this this uh, particular industry?
1: Well, I think one a couple of things. So you know. A lot of people talk about job satisfaction, right? Meaningful work. So in fin crime, we're not doing crime, by the way. We're preventing crime. <laughs> just to make that clear. Yeah, just to clarify so,
0: that with everyone out there. Yeah.
1: So you're doing something really you're helping society, right? You're you're finding criminals. You're preventing from disrupting the financial system, right? You're You're the advocate for individuals and small businesses, right? You hear a lot in the news every now and again about, tax evasion or fraud or bribery, you know, who, who do we know, you know, a friend of a friend or, you know, someone in the family has been hit by some kind of scam or fraud. So there's a lot of fulfillment that comes from this line of work where you're actually doing, you're impacting people. Right. Um, so there's a lot of fulfillment that comes from that. That's number one. So you feel like to your point, you feel a bit like a superhero, right? <laughs> Not to the extent we see on, on the movies, but you know, in in some small way, uh and there's a lot of diversity there's a lot of change it's it's one of those fields where uh one day is never the same from another there's constant regulatory updates that are coming down the pipeline. So you always have to stay abreast to what's coming out from the government regulation and you know crime financial crime is is a game of cat and mouse like tom and jerry right yeah you're always uh kind of finding ways to prevent crime, but then the criminals are always coming out with innovative ways to counter that. So that constant back and forth is always is always there. So that excitement's there um, in terms of you applying skill sets, and there's a lot of technology that's coming out too, to combat financial crimes. So you learn a lot, there's a lot of constant change, and you're an advocate for uh, protecting the financial systems and in individuals and businesses. So I think that's really what I enjoy about this industry.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like very extremely fulfilling work, and and from what I've heard, like on on the criminal side, this is like a multi billion dollar industry, right? Like financial crimes. So I, I mean, it's huge the, the the impact that that has on on people, and you know, you're you're kind of involved in in helping uh, take those preventative measures measures and all that. Uh, so Sanjay, like, what type of career paths are available in FinCrime?
1: So as I mentioned, it's quite diverse, right? So. A couple of key areas that you can get into would be uh, one of the broad uh, areas, which is basically called a compliance officer. All right. That's one of the areas. So as a compliance officer, you're responsible basically for ensuring financial institutions adhere to laws, uh, the fall in the regulation. Uh, You're basically maintaining internal policies. You're developing compliance programs, right? You're doing things like uh, risk assessments for the bank. Um, and then, you know, with that career path, you can then become seasoned and eventually become a CCO, which is a chief compliance officer where you basically oversee, you're responsible for that entire compliance department, right? That's one area. Another one, um, that I alluded to earlier, which is what we talked about when I was on last was, was AML analyst, anti-money laundering analyst. And in that role, you're basically doing the investigation part so you're investigating for suspicious transactions indicative of money laundering or terrorist financing you're analyzing customer data you're looking for transactional patterns um and you're reporting those to Fintrack, who is our regulator and again with that role um you can progress you can go from a ml analyst to a senior ml analyst to a team lead to a manager of aml and eventually head of financial crime, right? Another area is a fraud investigator. So with fraud investigating, you're basically looking for things like identity theft, credit card fraud, insurance fraud, you're gathering evidence, you're interviewing. And with that role, you're basically working closely with law enforcement agencies. You're building cases against individuals, organizations, a couple of uh, new emerging, emerging roles, right? In the last couple of years, um, cybersecurity analysts, there's a lot of kind of intersection between that and the analyst role, because you're basically, uh, in, there's a lot of prevalent cybercrime happening. So as a cybersecurity analyst, you're basically protecting data from cyber threats, from hacking data, breaches, things like that. Um, ransomware attacks, right? You're responsible for identifying those, uh, looking for vulnerabilities uh security measures and um another role uh, as well recently that's come up is cyber uh, sorry uh cryptocurrency investigator
0: oh as, as
1: cryptocurrency okay. gains popularity so does it need to right. have analysts to monitor transactions on the blockchain specifically for illicit activity so as a cryptocurrency investigator you're specialized in tracing and analyzing blockchain transactions money laundering fraud ransomware payments and these separate roles you're gonna find mostly in crypto exchanges, right? So your CoinSquare, Coinbase, Kraken, Binance, even Wealth Simple, because they also host uh, crypto wallets as well. Um, so those are some emerging roles, as well as you can go into data analytics, data science fields within, within FinCrime. And that you're identifying patterns, a lot of data, you're identifying patterns for identifying financial crime, uh, detecting anomalies predictive models, uh, to enhance like fraud detection and prevent system, prevent systems from going down. And then last but not least, regulatory technology roles called reg tech. So those you're looking at leveraging technology to assist regulatory compliance, Um, you're looking at technology solutions, automate automation of compliance monitoring tools. And that kind of leads into what I was doing uh, as a business analyst where I was specializing in aml so i was implementing regulatory changes within the internal systems to work with our vendor to fight uh, suspicious activities so yeah quite diverse a lot of uh, options there
0: interesting yeah i mean it, clearly there's 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 a multitude of options for for people and, and it sounds like it it uh, it can kind of uh, you know whatever your background is there's there almost sounds like there is like a pathway to to get into this uh, space so with that being said, how, how does someone best break into, no pun intended, the uh, fin crime as a career or something? <laughs> <laughs> like what yeah, are some so, previous experiences and, you know, stuff right.
1: like that? Yeah, so, so getting into the field, I mean, it, it's a combination of a few things, right? So key is going to be, you know, combination of education, skills, and practical experience, right? So first and foremost, I would suggest getting your education and knowledge, right, get a core understanding of, AML risks, and where you're going to find that is going to the Fintrack website. That's going to be your bread and butter. So Fintrack is short for Financial Transactions and Reports Analysis Centre of Canada. Bit of a tongue twister. So that website.
0: (laughs) Try to say that fast like ten times.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So that website basically has all the information that's mandated on regulation and guidance for Canada. So. With that, you're going to find uh, that website hosts information on the regulatory frameworks for anti-money laundering, terrorist financing. Uh, It's going to tell you how institutions report uh, suspicious transactions. What are the red flags? Right. And that website is always evolving. So as things have changed through COVID, there's different types of financial crime that FinTrack have found that's happening in, in financial institutions. So it's a very good website to understand your bread and butter of what's happening in the industry. What are the trends? Um, how do you do a suspicious transaction report? Um, what, are the, what are the things that are important to put on the case? So that's a really good starting point. Uh, uh, another I mean, would be.
0: Uh, sorry to cut you off, Sanjay. How do you how do you spell that again? I just want to put it for the for the comments.
1: Fintrack is spelled F-I-N, T-R-A-C. Of oh, fintrack I believe so, yeah. FinTrek.com. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, there's a ton of information yeah. there. Uh, that's where I go to uh, to see what the latest trends are basically in the marketplace. So that would be the first thing, right? right. Getting the knowledge. Uh, another one would be to get some professional certifications, right? So you want to pursue those that are highly regarded in the field, especially for your career. Um, so there's three that I would recommend. So one of them is called ACFCS, okay, that stands for Association of Certified Financial Crime Specialists, so that website is ACFCS.org, okay? Now, that organization, they're basically a global professional association. Um, They're dedicated to basically improving knowledge, skills, and expertise in the profession, and they cover cover a lot of broad areas within think crime, so they're going to cover things like AML, cybersecurity, compliance programs, and they do have a cert- certificate that you can obtain um, called Certified Financial Crime Specialist. You will see that on some of the job postings out there. It wasn't as well known, I would say say five years ago, but uh, as they have evolved their program and their certification, you will see sometimes they'll put there as a like a nice to have if you have this certification. Uh, as we talked about crypto, so they've recently added a crypto compliance specialization. So that's going to focus on financial crime risks within the crypto industry. So that's really good that they've added that. Okay. So that's one of them I would recommend. Another one is uh, ACAMS. So that's A-C-A-M-S dot So that stands for Association of Certified Anti-Money Laundering Specialists. And that's going to be certification where you're going to find a lot of job postings. It's usually the one that's recommended, preferred or strongly preferred.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, in my opinion, if you're coming into the field fresh, it's definitely one you want to consider.
0: Oh. Um,
1: they've they've labeled it basically as a gold standard for, for AML. And it's very AML focused. So depending on what role you want to do, uh, that would be a good certificate. And again, because of the, the changes in the marketplace and the adoption of cryptocurrencies, they have also added a new certi- certification. I think it came out uh, last month or the okay. month before, and that's called Certified Crypto Asset Specialist. Oh, and again, yeah. that's how to manage risks and comply with regulation, specifically within the crypto sector.
0: Okay, very interesting. So, I mean, obviously, there are a lot of options for people that want to uh, uh, you know, get into this space, and there, there's obviously so many different areas within FinCrime. Uh, now, when we chatted before, uh, Sanjay, you mentioned the concept of being T-shaped in order to grow one's career. Now, what do you what do you mean by T-shaped?
1: Yeah, T-shaped. So um, so that concept of T-shaped basically is strategic career. Um, it's basically a strategy that career professionals can use, and it combines deep expertise in a specific area with broad understanding of various disciplines. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we look, if let's define some terms, right, that will make it easier. So if you look at a specialist, a specialist, we can look at as the I, right, this Mm -hmm. I symbol. So as a specialist, you're an expert in a specific area of knowledge, right? Generally, you're going to have, you know, highly technical or niche skills that are in demand. Now, given that we're in a world of rapid change, and there's a lot of change in technology, regulation, the potential is, is that uh, you can become outdated if you don't come if you don't keep updated with what's coming out in the marketplace. So that's the one of the benefits of being a specialist, but also one of the risks, right? Yeah. The other 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 type of uh, individual would be the generalist. So the generalist is symbolizes the dash. Right. So we got yeah. the specialist as the eye, you got the generalist as the dash, right? Yeah. Now the generalist is the person which has got the broad range of skills. And you can apply those to various roles and industries, right? So you may not have the depth of expertise that a specialist has, but you do have more adaptability uh, to learn new skills quickly. So although generalists are more widely uh, available in the marketplace, there's a lot of competition. So generalists generally, it's hard to stand out. So basically what T-shape is, is combining the specialist with the generalist, and then you get the t
0: Oh, I see. Oh, right. Okay, okay, nice. So you
1: get the T. So basically, I would like to say the T-shaped individual is an improvement on the classic jack of all trades, master of none. T-shaped person is the jack of many trades, master of at least one. Okay. Right. So a couple of things that are good in terms of becoming a T-shaped individual, right? So one is you're going to develop deep expertise, right? Choose one specific area, one domain that you have genuine interest in or aptitude. That could be, for example, uh, as it relates to FinCrime, you could go into investment brokerage, credit union, a bank, a crypto exchange, a FinCrime, or even a compliance software firm. Right. Invest your time and effort. Acquire specialized knowledge, skills, and become an expert. Stay up to date with industry trends. Another one is foster breadth of knowledge. So alongside your deep expertise, you want to develop some broad understanding of related disciplines. So things like communication skills, uh, business acumen, technical st- skills. So that's going to build on your broad skill set. yeah. Um, and that will allow you to connect with professionals with diverse backgrounds, enhance your ability to solve complex problems, um, and embracing like a growth mindset and as well as collaborative skills. So those are... The benefits of becoming a t-shaped individual but at the end of the day dean you know being a well-rounded person is going to be just going to make you more marketable right which is yeah. what the end goal is what we all want to do in this ever-changing uh marketplace that we're seeing
0: gotcha uh, now quick quick follow-up question regarding the t-shaped uh you know methodology you you kind of just discussed sanjay so let's say someone's starting out in in the fin crime industry Should they first start out as a specialist or a generalist and then kind of transition into this T-shaped thing, or should should they try to attempt the T-shaped strategy right off the bat if they're, if they're new to the industry, like what are your thoughts on that?
1: So good question. So I guess it comes from your background, right? So, you know, if you have an aptitude for sales, right, if you're good at communicating, I would say double down on what you already are good at. So if you're a good community, good at skill, build some expertise within sales, within your organization within say a compliance software solution organization how to be the account manager how to gauge customers and clients and then once you've mastered that then start building your expertise in other domains right get some business acumen or some technical skills likewise if you're a very technical person build on that build on, build on your data analytics skills and then sub- and then add to that by adding some communication skills as well so when you're doing some data analytics, right? And you're very good at that and you've got some specialization in say um, artificial intelligence or machine learning, then say, how can I apply that when I am conveying this to a stakeholder on a meeting, right? So start with what you know, start with what you're good at and then from there, build outwards. That would be my suggestion.
0: Okay, excellent. Yeah, excellent advice. And and another follow-up question regarding that, Sanjay, like when people are at a point where they're, Figuring out maybe an area they want to dig a little deeper into, as you as you mentioned, how how should they determine that? Like, should they just go for you know what they feel passionate and ex- and excited about, or should they more so take a look at where the demand is in the industry? Like, what are you, what's your personal suggestion on that?
1: Yeah, great question. So, with the different domains, you know, uh, in my example, for example, so I was in I was in a crypto startup, right, and. was a lot of headway and then you know the market changed there was a lot of volatility there's a lot of regulation so i stepped out of that industry uh and waited uh and in the time while i'm waiting i'm just getting more expertise skills in that domain so that way when things start picking up when there's more clear regulation specifically in the united states i can always jump back jump back into that industry so likewise you want to definitely go with the emerging trends are because you want to ride that wave Right. Yeah. So, where which industries, which domains are hot? So, you can ride that wave because when you're riding that wave, you're going to move with the tide. So, you're going to get opportunities to grow within our organization. Right. Um, and likewise, you know, if you're in an organization or industry which is kind of slow, take some time to step out, uh, go into a more stable environment and continue to upgrade your skills. And when there's an opportunity to get back into that area, you can always do that. So definitely you want to not be stagnant and kind of be at the mercy of what's happening in the industry if things are volatile or are not changing in the way that you want them to at that time. So, yeah, and that's done by this monitoring trends, you know, keeping your heart to the market, what's happening on LinkedIn, find out where the opportunities are, you know, and forecasting, right? Looking ahead, like where are things going? Not only today, but where are things going in the future? So we're seeing things like chat, GPT, AI, artificial intelligence. How can I use those technologies to foster my career in the future? So yeah. today, they might not be prominent, but where are things going in the future? And what can I do today to secure my future career?
0: Yeah, that, that's that, I really like that advice. I mean, it's it sounds like very uh, you know practical and pragmatic advice. You know, When things are changing, when you're seeing things uh, trending a certain way, it's it's best to kind of go with the ebb and flow from what you're saying. And I think that also contributes to the T-shaped ideal that we should aspire to. Uh, so I think that makes perfect sense. Uh, now, in terms of, uh, and again, we we kind of chatted about this before, but you mentioned uh, treating your when 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 looking at one's career, you should you know treat it like playing chess versus playing checkers when it comes to your career strategy. Uh, that sounds very Sun Tzu-like. Like, can you elaborate what you mean <laughs> by that?
1: Well first of all, Dean, how are you as a checkers or chess player? <laughs> you play at all?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to play chess, but I was I was not very good at it.
1: <laughs> so it's kind of like the way I look at like the Nike you know uh, just do it you know statement. So when I'm talking to my clients, right and we have our conversations, I'm always telling them you know, wh- where do you think you're going? Are you playing chess at the moment? Or are you playing checkers, right? So I'm obviously going to be advocate for chess. You know, those that have played both games know that chess is a, is a more in-depth and more complex game. But I like this analogy, right? I don't know who coined it, but I just started running with this, yeah. <laughs> this analogy. So when you, look at, when you look at the game of checkers, right, it's a very simple game. It's a very short-term game. The goal is to get your pieces from one side to the other. There's limited moves, right? Uh, it's a very repetitive game. There's not much strategy. So mm-hmm. you want to look at your career in terms of what game are you playing? Right. Are you playing the short term game? Uh, and you want to obviously avoid that and, and start playing the game of chess. Right. So right. some things that are common, if when you look at your career and you say, well, what game am I playing? So you're playing a game of checkers. If you're just focusing on things like immediate job opportunities, you're not considering the long term applications of mm-hmm. your decisions. Right. And you're just making it solely on, say, short term benefits or financial gains. Right. You're looking at the now versus what, if I'm in this role, what, what kind of opportunity will I get versus taking more strategic long-term view of how this, how this role or the strategy will play out. And then also, you know, things like neglecting ongoing learning. Right. So a lot of us tend to get complacent when we have a job. Okay. I'm good. You know, but the, the world is changing, right? It's always changing. You always need to be updated on the new technology, the new regulations, so part of that is not neglecting um, you know, ongoing learning, doing skill development. And then also, you know, if you're playing the game of checkers, you're making frequent job changes, right? Without a clear yeah. direction or progression plan. Now, on the other hand, chess, chess is obviously associated with more strategic, long-term mindset. It requir- chess requires thinking several moves ahead, right? You're anticipating your consequences of every move, right? So if you are playing a game of chess, you're investing in long-term goals, creating a career roadmap. One of the things I learned in business analysis is what's called a SWOT analysis. That stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And I recommend anyone in, in their career to do a SWOT analysis on themselves. What are my internal strengths? What are people telling me I'm good at? What am I not good at? What, what do I dislike? Cause obviously you want to avoid and stay away from things that you're weak at and focus double down on your strengths. What are the opportunities in the job market and what are the threats for me to get there? So that's a way you can apply chess thinking, right? Yeah. Um, considering the impact of your career decisions and future opportunities, um, investing in continuing learning, staying relevant in the industry, and then proactively identifying and capitalizing on emerging trends in industries, right? So making a shift from working in a financial institution to then say working in a FinTech or a crypto exchange or vice versa, right? Being able to adapt to move where the opportunities are with, within different industries. And, you know, they say patience is a virtue, right? So in chess, you can't allow yourself to make rash decisions. You have to consider options and choose the best move. So, but, you know, that's how that analogy uh, applies. Um, and, and, and I recommend actually, people watch, uh, you know, that Netflix uh, movie, The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Oh, right?
0: yeah, yeah, I watched <laughs> it. It's a great. That's a great show.
1: Yeah, that'll give you some uh, strategic uh, implications of career growth that relates to this chess chess uh, analogy.
0: Yeah, yeah. And apparently I heard some, I don't know if it's true, but I heard apparently that show was really popular. And after that show came out, uh, the sales of like chessboards like skyrocketed or something like that. Everybody would start playing chess. So
1: yeah, even me, I was like going on Amazon. Like you know what, I'm gonna order chessboard. Let me let me get, yeah. let me get started to learn this game.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, we got some feedback from uh, from the comments. Someone said brilliant analogy. Absolutely. Uh, now go, uh, you mentioned about the SWOT analysis, Sanjay. I just had a quick question about something you mentioned there. Now you mentioned in regards to the weaknesses, one should typically avoid maybe areas where, you know, they'd be exposed to one of their weaknesses or something. But aren't there cases where we should try to improve on our weaknesses? Like how do we kind of differentiate between that, you know, in terms of, Hey, I should, I should leverage my strengths and, you know, avoid my weakness areas. And then what about those, those times where it's more of an opportunity to improve yourself? Like how do you differentiate between the two?
1: Yeah. Let me be, be a bit more clear on that one. So when I talk about weaknesses, I'm talking about things you dislike, things that you are you know you don't have aptitude for right for example for myself um programming i'm definitely that's a weakness i don't i don't know how to program you know i don't know how to do that kind of python programming so that's an area i would definitely avoid because the the time and investment for me in that area and just because there's a lot of barriers to entry not only in learning but also knowing my knowing my personality so when i say weaknesses. Stay away from things that you know that's going to take a lot of effort and double down on things that you're already very good at. But again, to your point, there are some areas or there are some skill sets that you are interested in, but it may not be at a place where you have a lot of knowledge. For example, there's a lot of people on this call that might be interested in crypto or blockchain, right? Yeah. So they may, may be standing from a place of weakness, meaning they don't understand the industry yet, but they have a passion, they have an interest, they have a curiosity Right. So that's going to drive them then to then take the steps to learn that industry, get the knowledge, seek mentorship, seek professionals, start attending seminars. And that's where you can build on that. So the starting point, the starting place is definitely your curiosity or your interest in something that you may not know at this present time. So that's that's the differentiation when I'm talking about the weaknesses aspect.
0: Okay, excellent. Yeah, I mean that that makes perfect sense. And 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 also another follow follow up question I had Sanjay regarding the the chess versus checkers analogy. By the way, great analogy. I, I definitely agree with you uh, on on you know thinking long term, thinking a few steps ahead. Now that being said, there might be some viewers out there. They're like, "Hey, Sanjay, Dean, I don't even know what I'm doing. You know, tomorrow, like, how am I? Uh, I'm not sure where my career is uh, going to take me in the next few years. I don't know where I'm going to be a few years from now. How do those people?" Play chess, or or how? What what do you think they should be doing? Like if they if they're not one hundred percent sure, what they want to do over the next few years of their career? Or is yeah, it like you know what? Possible.
1: Yeah, career career is one of those things. You know, a few of us are very fortunate. They know exactly what they're going to do when they turn eighteen. Yeah. They're like, okay, I want to become a doctor. They go to med yeah, school, exactly, right? and then yeah. they're a doctor their whole life. A lot of us, me included, it was an exploratory process. Right, like I don't know what I want to do. Like, and. Yeah a lot of it really frankly comes down to experimentation you won't Mm. know until you will not know if you like something until you actually try it so i would say not to be scared or worried about uh trying new things because the the act of trying it and doing it you're gonna know if you read something if you read a job description you're really not gonna know whether it's something you're gonna really like truly unless you're actually doing it so i would say Start, once you're done the SWOT analysis, start looking at different roles. Go on LinkedIn, start seeking out professionals that are further on in their career and see, and see you know, what you like about those, those roles that they're in and see their progress. How did they get to those roles? What are the steps? Start doing interviews. Interview people and say, what do you enjoy about this role? Uh, what don't you like? And see if it resonates with you. That's how you're going to kind of start getting some data points for yourself. And, you know, um, if you're fortunate to work at a company which allows you to do job shadowing, do some job shadowing, right? If you're in the investment side or the fraud side um, or the call center side, ask your manager, say, hey, I want to do some job shadowing in the compliance department or the AML department or the brokerage department or whatever it may be. And that's how you're going to see what they do on a daily basis. And get to see that if that's something you're potentially gonna be interested in. So I would say don't be afraid to experiment. You know, all these data points help you learn and become a better, well-rounded individual and get you closer to things you things you're truly gonna enjoy. But the only way you're gonna know that is by experimentation.
0: Uh, that's great advice, Sanjay, because because it's totally true. Like you never know until you really immerse yourself into something, right? So I think that's fantastic advice. Uh, I, uh, I do have some, pri- some, a couple of you folks tuning in have, have, uh, uh send me private messages with some questions. So I'm going to get to that shortly, but, uh, Sanjay, you, um, I mean, at your end, as we kind of wrap up, uh, you know, can you let the audience know more about yourself and digital fountain and, and how you can help people?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so I'm the founder of digital fountain consulting. So, um, basically I help individuals So help three types of individuals new graduates who are just out of school, they want to figure out their career path. Um, individuals that want to get into fin crime careers, right? Or transition from another domain. And thirdly, seasoned professionals that say are already ML analysts uh, or compliance professionals and they want to move further up. They want to become a senior or a team lead or maybe, maybe even know how to become a chief compliance officer because I've done that role myself so I can mm-hmm. help those individuals. So those are the three types of people I help, and I help them primarily with their soft skills. So I help people with you know LinkedIn branding. So how do you market yourself? How do you build a, a good LinkedIn brand? How do you make a digital elevator pitch of who you are? Yep. How do you tap into the hidden job market? How do you get access to recruiters, hiring managers, and professionals, right? And how do you grow your following? So that's one area that I help people with. Another area is how to create your, how to communicate your value in, in a, in a cover letter and a resume, mm-hmm. uh, what's called a destructive, disruptive cover letter. So how do you convey your, your ability? Um, you know, if you're applying for jobs, you're not getting any, any recruiters following up with you, you know, most likely it's because you're not conveying your value. So I help you with your LinkedIn, sorry, your cover letter and resume. Mm-hmm. The other third area that I help people with is interview preparation. So. One is if you have a good LinkedIn brand and recruiters find you, they're going to say, okay, send me your resume. The resume is going to get you to the interview. But then the last stage is you have to ace the interview. So I help people with how do you ace your interview? So I help people with very different things because I come from a sales background. So I'm going to help you with things like your body language. How do you build rapport? How do you identify the uh, personality type you're interviewing with? Right. What are the right words to use using NLP neuro linguistic programming? Right. And at the end of the day, when it comes to salary negotiation, which is a tough thing for a lot of people, how do you negotiate your salary where it's a win win, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're winning and they're happy to oblige by giving you the salary that you want. So how do you foster those conversations? What type of questions should you ask at the end of the interview? I help you with those. And not only that, once you get hired, what is your 60, what is your 30, 60, 90 day plan? So, help you with career progress beyond that. So, I help you holistically with that whole soft skills um, career path. And you can go to my website, digitalfountain.ca. And from there, you can book a 20 minute discovery call with me. And I can help find out what are your pain points and how I can then help you with these different areas.
0: Fantastic. And I'll I'll put the, that's your website there. So uh, feel free to check it out, folks. For those of you interested in uh, checking out more information on how Sanjay can help you. Uh, And and Sanjay, what's the best way for people to, uh, you know, connect with you on social media? Is it LinkedIn or what's your social media stuff?
1: I live and breathe on LinkedIn, Dean. So (laughs) (laughs)
0: LinkedIn
1: is the best place for people to find me. I just dropped in my Linktree link, which has got a couple of other links in there as well. It's got my website, it's got my uh it's got my linkedin linkedin profile and email so linkedin is the best place to find me and then yeah feel free to uh book a call with me you get a 20 minute discovery call on my website uh you can drop me an email as well uh those are the best ways to reach me
0: yeah awesome fantastic so so i have a, a, a one i guess a couple of people send me a private message so i guess those of you folks sending me private messages you don't want to publicly put your comments so that's fine uh, so this person says, uh, Hi, Dean, can you ask Sanjay? I've been a software developer for three years. Uh, I want to explore the fin crime industry, but I don't want to do anything in programming. What is your suggestion? So basically, I guess what he's at, what, he, what this person is saying is uh, they've obviously been working as, as, a, as a software developer, but they, they don't want to leverage that because they don't want to get into anything development related. So what's your suggestion for them?
1: So if they don't want to do program anymore, I would say identify which, well, you want to do a couple of things. Identify which industry you want to work in. Do you want to work in a crypto exchange? Do you like crypto or blockchain? Do you want to work in a brokerage, like a Wealthsimple? Do you want to work at a bank? Do you want to work at a credit union? Identify which which type of organization you want to work in. Or do you want to work for a compliance software solutions company? So A, where do you want to work? What type of industry? And then B, What kind of role do you want to do? Do you want to do you want to develop business acumen? Do you want to do AML investigation, compliance? Um, So it's very crucial that you you get focused on what type of roles. And then the next step is, is take my advice from going to FinTrack's website. Learn about the meat and potatoes of financial crime, terrorist financing, right? What are the trends? And then from there, you know, take a certification, right? I mentioned ACAMS or the yeah. ACFCS. That would be the path that will that will fast track you. And then, you know, go on LinkedIn, start uh, connecting with uh, with professionals which have job titles or job roles that pique interest and ask them, you know, what do you like about your role? What do you do day to day? How did you get there? What certifications, what training did you do, right? Mm-hmm. So that would be the, the way to go about it.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so clearly, I mean, this individual. So, you know, to this individual, I think Sanjay shared some great advice. It sounds like you got to do some some research at your end and maybe have some discovery conversations there. So, I think that's fantastic advice. Uh, We have a question from Nishant Guglani tuning in from YouTube. So, uh, hey, Nishant, thanks for tuning in. So, Nishant says, "Hi, sir. I've joined late. What are the ways in which an experienced banking professional in sales can enter into financial crime?" Uh, so I know you might have mentioned some of some advice in relation to this already, Sanjay, but any other additional thoughts for uh, Nishant?
1: What are the ways in which an experienced banker in sales? So if you want to continue uh, in sales, you know, a natural uh, transition would be to work for a, a compliance software solutions company, right? Because if mm-hmm. you already have sales experience, as I alluded to earlier, leverage on your uh, strengths. So there's a lot of companies out there. There's like, for example, Chainalysis is one that is in the crypto industry and they sell crypto forensics software to crypto exchanges. So you could potentially work for that. And companies like Binance, uh, Kraken, Coinbase, Coinsquare, they use these softwares. So you could be the account manager or the customer experience person or the person which is going on the market for these crypto companies and say, hey, do you want to learn about our tool, how you can use it? So that's an area that you could potentially kind of get some expertise in. Or if you want to go the more traditional route, um, join a company that sells, uh, like, for example, Verifin, Finango. These are brick and mortar. These help, uh, you know, banking clients or credit unions with compliance software. And, you, again, you could come in as a front face and, and build client base and demo these applications to the end client, stakeholders, et cetera. So that would be a good opportunity for Anishan to explore.
0: Awesome. Uh, thanks for that advice, Sanjay Nishant. Hope that helps. Uh, let us know in the comments. I uh, got another private message here. Someone says, hi, Dean. Uh, uh, wait, wait, let me just quickly read this. Uh, what are they saying? Okay, no, never mind. Okay, let me go to the next question that was uh, not related to uh, to this. Uh, they're saying, hey, Dean, uh, is fin crime industry recession proof? Uh, any Any thoughts about that? Uh, as long as it's
1: criminals, <laughs> there will always be a job for, for for you, right? So to answer your question, yes, 100, right? I don't think crime is going anywhere, going away anytime soon. There's always going to be someone, uh, you know, which is trying to game the system. You know, greed, unfortunately, is out there. It's crime everywhere. You know, um, I think, you know, as alluded to earlier, like that game of cat and mouse. So there's always going to be an opportunity for you to. Uh, showcase your skills, adapt your skills, and, and, and move with the industry. So I don't think there's ever going to be any shortage of jobs. I mean, technology is adapting. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of machine learning. And AI is there, but it's not going to, uh, you know, it's not going to take away from jobs in the future. You know, what's going to happen is, you know, AI and, and chat GPT will be your co-pilot.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So a lot of companies are going to use them and leverage those capabilities and uh, and eventually, what's going to happen is you'll be able to get a lot more done, yeah. uh, whereas before we couldn't do those things with technology. So, yeah, short and sweet, you know, as long as it's criminals, you'll always have a job in fin crime.
0: Gotcha. All right. Awesome. And uh, that looks like that's all the questions we have from the viewers. So thanks, everyone who, who uh, uh, put in their questions. Uh, Sanjay, thank you so much for spending time with us. You shared such great information about the fin crime industry. And I'm sure that uh, I'll have to bring you on again at some point to, to, to further discuss this space as well as, uh, you know, other areas that that you're very knowledgeable about. So, uh, folks, make sure you uh, check out uh, Sanjay's Linktree page, which I shared before. Uh, and again, I'll put it here. It's linktr.ee forward slash digital fountain. Uh, also, make sure you connect with Sanjay. And uh, Sanjay, thanks so much, uh, you know, for, again, for all the information and, and, and the time that you shared. And I look forward to having you again in the future.
1: My pleasure, Dean. It's been awesome.
0: All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Make sure you hit us up with a like and a share. and Make sure you share this with your network. And we'll see you around next time. Have a good one, everyone.